Have you ever seriously considered why over 50% of all marriages fail and 90% of all relationships, according to some research? For every year your relationship survives, your failure rate increases by 10%. So there should be no confusion why men and women are always at odds. Not to mention the obvious bias that's been perpetrated by daytime talk show hosts and internet personalities favoring one side of the issue. No one is promoting marriage. Relationships are outright difficult, especially these days. No one seems to really focus on the root causes of the failure and brave enough to address the elephant in the room. Why? Because it's not favorable. Some of us hate the truth. Most of us lack the ability to be introspective because our fragile egos can't sustain the blow. How does religion, or the absence of it for that matter, affect the way we live our lives? What's interesting is that one out of three Americans claim to be Christians. Wow. Let's not ignore the fact that trauma affects our decision making, the way you love, or how you manage your emotions. Perhaps anger is ruining your life and relationships, so much so you can't seem to get out of your own way. Now that, I can relate to. Do you suffer from depression, anxiety, raging, or some other form of mental illness? And it's keeping you from having the quality of life you desire. Do you feel ashamed or guilt about your past or your present? Although you feel isolated on the island alone, you are not, my friend. Let's have some serious conversation and dialogue about becoming the best version. Let's discuss avenues for repair and resources for support. Help me get rid of the negative stigma associated with seeking mental health assistance. Welcome to the Rebuilding Us podcast. I'm your host, Corwin Watson. This is the place to have raw and honest conversation about all things related to being the best version of ourselves. We're going to provide practical tools for truly leveling up mind, body, and soul. So please stay tuned into the end. So before we get started, follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Corwin Watson and Twitter at Rebuilding Us. And check out my website at rebuildingus.com. That's R-E-B-U-I-L-D-N-U-S dot com. Don't forget to purchase my new book on Amazon, Road to Nowhere, how I'm saving myself from the self-destructive behaviors that rules me. I appreciate you tuning in. Let's get to it. Welcome. Welcome to the Rebuilding Us podcast. This is your host. This is Corwin Watson. I appreciate you checking in. Today, we got a very difficult topic for a lot of men. So go ahead and put your big boy pants on. Stop being sensitive. Get in the corner. Do whatever you need to do. But we're going to address it. This is why they do not respect us. We're going to have a difficult conversation. I am going to have a good friend of mine, Mocha Latte, on the line. And she's going to give her perspective on why women lose respect for men. So let's get to it. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. So I brought you on because today we're going to be discussing a very serious topic as far as I'm concerned. But I also want to balance it out with the other videos that I've been doing because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of it, I just didn't want it to come off like we were uh, certainly like we were bashing women. I specifically want to address serious issues that we both face, but hold us both account, men and women accountable for our action. Uh, in this particular segment, we're going to be talking about why women lose respect for men. Woo. How does that resonate, just saying that? <laughs> well, I mean, you know what? Like, the I was just thinking about this. The younger version of me, I would have been like, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm expecting. I don't respect them because uh, maybe they're cheaters or maybe they didn't pay their child support or maybe they just didn't communicate enough. But the older I've gotten, and I am almost 50 next month, I've been thinking about my part in this, and I realize it's communication. There is so many levels of communication and it's very complex as to why men are the way they are. A lot of it has to do with how they were raised Mm -hmm. or who they're looking towards and things like that. And so the more I have listened to men, the more I have communicated with them, then I was able to decide then like, okay, does he know what he's doing Mm -hmm. and he purposely disrespects me? 
or does he not know? Or what was he taught? What were the tools that he was given? And is it my responsibility to help him learn some things? Or do I need to soften myself up and help him understand, you know, what it, what it feels like to be with me? And I even dated a guy who told me, you're the only woman who's ever treated me kindly. He's like, women have said mean things to him, mm. which have made, made him be very defensive. And then in turn, it just kind of just went, you know, it just spiraled down from that. So like I say, having that conversation and being able to openly talk those dialogues, you learn a lot. Understood. Now that makes perfect sense. Let me, I want to go over a list of things that I've kind of formulated that I've looked into research. I've heard a consensus of other women who have, you know, voiced these concerns. And I want to see, do you mirror that same sentiment that they have and why you would potentially lose respect for a man? And okay. one of those is constantly criticized. When does that reach the point of belittling and let me hear your thoughts on that, and then I'll I'll give you some more feedback on that. Okay, so a man constantly criticizing me? Is Constant, that what you're asking? Yes, constantly criticizing you. Okay, so that's something I talk about a lot. I've literally had men pick me apart from head to toe as to why you wear your hair like that, why you wearing it natural, why you're not getting weaved, why you, um, you know, why did you color it that way? Why do you have those bracelets on? What made you want to wear that outfit? Like, opposed to asking me, you know, like, you know, what was it about that that you picked? For, but then also, why? why? I want to know, like, why? Why are you just, like, looking at me with a microscope opposed to figuring out why did you like me? If you liked me, I come with this. You know, and so I think sometimes what people do is um, it's not even about me. It's about them. Mm, is okay. it something that they're insecure about? So you want to keep asking me questions or maybe they've been bullied before. And I didn't hurt them. So I asked them, like, what hurt you? Who hurt you? It wasn't me. So why do you keep on asking me these questions? Or, or you know, I'm a promoter and a host, so I've had guys say, you know too many people. How do you know him? You know, are you dating him? Does he like you? Why didn't he marry you? Things like that. And I'm like, why is it like where uh, it's like a, it's critical opposed to just, you know, an open-ended question and asking me, why didn't I marry him? You know, what happened? What was my contribution to the relationship, to the downfall of the relationship? So we have to think about everything can be positive or negative. So it just depends on how they're questioning you. You know what I'm saying? Like, are you really trying to get to know me or are you really trying to belittle me? Is mm -hmm. what I'm always trying to figure out. Yeah, I can certainly see why that would make you lose respect for somebody. So let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. In saying that, how have you handled constructive criticism, legitimate criticism, and how do you differentiate between the two? Okay, so how I've handled constructive criticism that has been a, um, it's taken some time with that because like I say, I always have to see where, consider the source. So if a guy says to me, uh, so how you, uh, like about, I need some money in the past. I remember I needed $75 years ago, 20 years ago. And the guy was like, where your money at? Mm -hmm. I thought you made money, you know? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like you come over here and you, you know, you watching my TV, I'm cooking for you. I can't get 75. He's like, where your money? And so, <laughs> I said it like that because I was just like, wow, that made me never want to ask him for anything. Say to myself, uh, well, where is my money? I mean, and then I know where my money is. I've made an account for it. Maybe something happened that month. Maybe I wanted to get myself something else and I thought he should help with the electric bill. And then I could answer for that opposed to snapping off on him. Well, here's where my money is, but I need a little help. Okay, are you able to do that? Or where's your money? So maybe he didn't have any money and that's why he flipped it on me to make me think I didn't have any money. So you would have been perfectly, you would have been able to handle him saying no, that he didn't have it? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. I could have understood if he said, no, babe, I don't have it. 
opposed to saying, where your money at? Because if, I might know where my money's at. But if I ask you for some help, we should have a conversation about it as opposed to like putting it off on me. Yeah, and I so, understand. I, I certainly think <laughs> the, the, the dialogue between that is very important. You know, going back before, I, w- I wanted to make a comment on what you said and that constantly belittle. And so a lot of times we get into relationships and we want to change the other person. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's a no-go. I say it all the time. I don't understand how you go to a club and you meet them the way that they are. You meet them dressed mm-hmm. the way that they are. And then weeks later, you want to change it now as you start to see that they get other attention where well, they got your attention too. Exactly. Or here's the reverse. So I'm not the type of person who really dresses sex. So I've had guys meet me kind of conservative or however I came. And then they tell me, I want you to start wearing spandex. I need you to start wearing something a little bit more revealing. And then <laughs> say I did wear something wow. revealing and then I caught the eye of someone else. And then they're like, oh, what you doing? Right. Uh, so you, you trying to get his attention? No, man, sir, you told me to put this on. You said that you thought I should wear that. So what I learned is you have to be just confident in yourself because confidence is contagious. And I've literally said to myself times, like, I'm not sexy. I was thinking, I'm not sexy. And this guy said to me, no, you are sexy. You're sexy in the way you carry yourself being a boss or being um, very confident about yourself. He's like, that's sexy. So a lot of times women, we have to say to ourselves, what makes me feel good? Don't let anybody else define you. I've learned that I have to define myself because if not, You'll be messed up trying to keep up with what you think somebody else wants you to be. Fair you enough. Know, so. Fair enough. Yeah. Second, second thing, mm-hmm. whining and playing the victim. What constitutes whining for you and or playing the victim? What does that look like? And how do you handle those kind of situations? Okay. A man who whines a lot, like he might say, I, I'm not able to buy, you know, X, Y, and Z like the rest of these people on Instagram. Or uh, I, I ain't going to be able to do this. I ain't going to be able to do that. And so I've always asked him, instead of saying what you can't do, why don't you figure out how you can? Let's let's change, you know, the narrative. Like, do you want to be able to do that? So a lot of guys whine about what they've seen somebody else have or whine about that they got to pay child support or, or whine about that they don't want to go to work a little extra to make, you know, so if there's something they're planning for, well, you're going to have to do a little extra to do a little extra, Right. And so to me, I don't, I don't do well with whining. I always, I'm a solution person. So I'm like, let's figure that out. Let's, you know, it's not a problem. It's, there's got to be a solution to it. Or we can at least try to figure it out. So you said something else. It's whining and what else was it that you said? Playing the victim. How does that, Playing come, the how victim. Does that play out to you? How does that come across? Yes. Once again, a lot of times it goes back to childhood. Um, there have been a lot of men that I've dated who were victimized as children. And I've had to get to the root of that and see where did that start? Did it start with your mom? You know, did it start with you uh, as a child? Did somebody bully you? Like what what made you feel like you were the victim instead of the victor? And how can I help you get out of that? Get out of that mentality that you're the victim or being a black man. Now, I'm not saying that being a black man, we don't, you know, that black men don't feel like victims. or They don't feel like they've been treated, you know, wrongly treated because they have. But every situation doesn't cause for you to be a victim. So we have to just kind of, you know, just talk about that. Like, what is it? What's bothering you? Because, you know, anger has an underlying issue. Absolutely. So what's making you so angry? You know, what's causing this? And um, it goes back to communication. And a lot of people don't want to communicate about it. But if you can get them to talk, then I can figure out why you feel that way. Let me ask you something. Is this true for you or just something that amongst women you may have heard that women look for us for that emotional, that physical support? to kind of build them up in those areas that they're weak in. Do you subscribe to that? Do you find any truth in that at all? I I used to. Like I say, you talking to a, a better version of me, I would say. 
But I did. I, I used to really seek towards a man to tell me, I always wanted to hear, I love you. Like, I literally, within the first three months, or the first month, hoping that he would tell me that he loved me, because then maybe that would make me feel a little bit better about myself. Oh, he loves me. Like, that's it. That's the end all to be all. He said he loved me, right? And so I think that a lot of women, we definitely look towards men to tell us that we look nice, you know, that we're doing well, we're a great mom, all that type of stuff. And then over time, you have. I feel like if you don't feel that way about your own self, I don't care what he tells you, you're not going to believe it, good mm-hmm. or bad. Um, so it, it has a lot to do with self-esteem and, and feeling good about yourself no matter what somebody else says to you. But um, I do know that women want to be validated by men. And a lot of times when we haven't been, it shows. And, you know, you carry it all over your face. It, it's all over you. I can really tell when a woman just feels like, he never tells me that he loves me. And it's just, you know, it, a lot of that goes back to how she was raised. Where was her father? No, so point. so you had kind of already touched on this next question, which is insecurity and being overprotective, at least the insecure part. But being mm-hmm. overprotective, have you ever experienced that? I, I've experienced the man being overprotective. Yeah, and cutting off, cutting off friends, um, oh, looking yeah. through your phone. And is that mm-hmm. immediately, do you look at them differently? from that point so now it is a huge red flag huge but when i was younger i didn't realize i dated a guy really liked him a lot loved him he paid my cell phone bill and i'm thinking yes that is just great he's paying my phone bill it's helping me out but he was checking everybody i was talking to he was calling everybody to see who all these people were i didn't realize the type of financial abuse that was he was using finances to abuse me and then question me about it. Who was this? I talked to them. Da, 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 da. And so um, I realized I, I never wanted anybody to be into my personal business like that or constantly just, like I said, who is that talking to you? Who's looking at you? Who's this? Who's that? Who's that? And just having a conversation like just because you love me or just because I'm this way with you don't mean I'm that way with everybody, you know? And then you have to think about like a lot of men got to understand if your woman is in the limelight or even if she's not, if she works around other people, She's going to have to be a personable person. I'm not going to come to work and just be like a hermit. Can't talk to nobody. But like I say, when a man does that to me now, huge red flag. I'm I can't, I don't, I can't deal with it. I don't deal with it very well. You know, combining some of these things in terms of, does that, does that cause women? Do you think from, I mean, from your own personal experience or women that you've talked to to be more rebellious when they have a man who is, uh, who may exhibit some of these insecurities or they become more demanding. Does that cause so, you? What do you think? Oh, I'm sorry. I think some women um, shy away from it. They get scared. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they don't feel strong enough inside, they'll get scared. And they're literally like, like you say, don't talk to their friends, become just recluse. Like they don't want to go anywhere. They want to do anything because they're afraid of what's going to happen with him, whether it be physical, mental, emotional abuse. And then they just turn into like people that they were never, they never were before, you know, and they lose themselves. But then you do get some girls, some women who will say, oh, okay, I'm going to do more of what he don't like. And I'm really going to upset him. I'm really going to upset him, which leads to danger. Because if you have a guy who's like that, he can become physically abusive when he feels like you're taunting him. Right, right. And um, I was, I was in an abusive relationship. And it was interesting how he was. He felt so good about himself that he that his abuse was different. His abuse wasn't like, 
thinking that everybody wanted me. He kept telling me, nobody wanted me. Don't nobody want you. They want me. You know, so he had it going his way. Wow. You know, he was the baddest. He was the finest. He was this. He was right, that. Right. Everybody wanted to invite him everywhere. And that was his way of keeping me in the house, telling me I didn't have anything to wear to go out. You can't go nowhere. You don't have nothing to wear. So, yeah, it, it took a lot to uh, unprogram myself from that. You know what? I um, It's hard to hear even you saying that because, you know, and, and I've told you this before, and that's what my book is really based on about my you know, it's a memoir about my life and, and those insecurities, that narcissistic personality and very controlling and dominating. And I used to just blame it on the career field that I was in, having come from that law enforcement, private security, you know, military uh, experience that this is what they bred. But the truth of the matter is it came from a lot of trauma and brokenness. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and this is why I wanted to do this segment, because, yes, we can find a host of things that, hey, women, we feel women aren't doing right. But the truth is we're all broken in some form or fashion. And so it's a matter of do you care enough to want to fix yourself? And so, Mm -hmm. yes, there are some women who operate in whatever, masculine or feminine energy, whatever we want to subscribe to them. That exists. Yes, there are some women who feel like they don't need a man and they're being instructed that way from uh, people around them. But there are a lot of men who are not stepping up to do what we need to do. And we have to address it. And you know what? I also think some men are afraid of losing their woman. They know they have a good woman. They know she's beautiful. And they feel like if they um, encourage that and if they feel they feel like if they tell her more, she's going to end up seeing something else somewhere else where if they really nurtured her, she don't want She wouldn't want to go anywhere. If you nurture me and, you know, anything you take care of, it, you water, it's going to grow, but it can grow in a good way. It can grow and make this beautiful garden at your house. But some men think like, oh, she's going to grow. She's going to get her body together. She's going to leave me. Mm. So like you said, it has something to do with insecurity. Absolutely. That's um, the crux of it all. It, even women feel that way. I know girls, who, women who tell me, I'm not going to tell him he look good. Because if I tell him he's fine, then he's going to go out and meet some more women. But I've learned if I tell him he's fine, he's coming back because he loves the way it feels when I tell him that. But all of that comes with maturity. I'm telling you, I was just talking to one of my friends. I was like, man, I said, I've never, I didn't grow up in a home where people were talking lovey-dovey to me. So, you know, I didn't grow up saying, oh, come here, baby girl, sweetie pie, blah, blah, blah. So it has taken some time for me to learn how to do that type of pet talk with a guy, you know, with, with my mate or whatever. Um, but then when I realized you do it the way you want to do it, so maybe it's not like all oh, the baby talk, but it could be that I rub his back or make sure his shirt is, you know, his tie is straight, or that I button his coat for him or pick up his uh, briefcase or, you know, get all his, prepare all of his things before he goes out of town and let him know, I want you to have a great time. I want you to look good. You want me to help you? You want me to iron your clothes before you go? Letting him know I'm secure about it. I want you to look good wherever you are because you represent me and I represent you. Mm, So that's that's a very healthy way of approaching. I say all the time, a lot of us lack the emotional intelligence to arrive at the place that you're speaking about. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's so important, you know, and to have each other's back. I used to say all the time, if you're looking out for the best interest of me and I'm looking out for your best interest, how do we go wrong? How do exactly. we go wrong? Yeah, we because win together. We win together. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, I, I mm-hmm. love that. So here's another reason that I think women lose respect for us. Um, taking her feelings and her efforts for granted. Um, I've experienced it because, like, I am the type of person I always ask, you know, whoever I'm dating, 
So what do you want to do with your life? You know, or if you're doing this, let me help you do more. Let me help you do more. Or how can I help you? Whatever. And a lot of times they will get everything they can from me as much as they can and then go on to something else. And so I've had to learn that, okay, I got to be okay with that. Maybe that wasn't the man for me. Maybe I was supposed to help him become a better person. And even if it's for somebody else, at least, it wasn't that I that I tore him down. Mm-hmm. I would rather be on the positive end of it. So, you know, it can be hurtful, but you got to remember when you're helping somebody, are you helping them for you? Are you helping them for them? Like, what are my intentions when I help? You know, um, of course, I don't want to be used, but I don't do anything anymore that would make me feel like I'm being used. Right. I'm only going to do what makes me feel good. And if it makes me feel good to help another person, then I'm okay with that. If it doesn't work out, I'm okay with it. But I know that I help somebody else. Now you, we kind of touched on this other. I think it's innate in men. And, uh, you know, I don't know if this is a God thing or this is a, a, a nature versus nurture thing. I'm not really sure. But men, we love power. Um, you know, obviously we were gatherers and hunters at some point. Now some men probably couldn't go to the grocery store effectively. But... Uh, you know, that's the nature of things, how it's, you know, this dynamic, this relationship dynamic is, is shifting. It's, things are changing. Um, but be, we we can oftentimes become bullies as a result of that because we're always seeking the next level. We're always seeking something greater. A lot of us are. And so, but a lot of times what I realize is that a lot of the men, to, men who become bullies, they're not real alphas mm-hmm. anyway. What they will... Mm-hmm you know, project that they would pretend to be in their house or when they're around people, but that's not really their nature. Have you ever experienced a man who is different in public than he is at home in terms yeah. of being domineering or? So in public, he wasn't very, he didn't speak up too much. He didn't, because right. he he didn't, he's not that up. assertive guy. He's not the person mm-hmm. who demands the attention when he walks in the room, but at home you need to shut up and you need to listen. Cause yeah, he got all the answers. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had like, so, you know, growing up in the eighties, nineties or whatever, it was that big light skin, dark skin thing. And so like, say I dated a light skin man who felt like when he was out in public, he couldn't really speak up like he wanted to, but at home, act like he was the police officer or act like he was the, the military. I'm going to get uh, everybody in line, but yet wouldn't speak up to a, another grown man because of how he may have um, grown up. And how he he didn't feel as confident to be able to speak up, and then use an excuse as being they don't they don't respect light skinned guys. Like, huh? Oh, he spoke yeah, for they don't, they don't I just want to make that clear. Shout out to light yeah. skinned people. Shout out to light skinned people. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? But like, he's like they don't respect you because you light skinned, or they test you all the time. And it's like, wait a minute. So, like I say, it goes back to conversation. A lot of people, as children, have been told, "Shut up, be quiet. You don't have a voice. You don't have a choice." You know. Just be quiet. Just go sit down somewhere. So I, I definitely know that we have to start communicating or we're going to work because we're raising adults. We're not raising little kids. So boys who don't or who aren't able to communicate as little children, they grow up to be men who don't communicate well. And then, like you say, in an isolated situation or at home, they can control that because they're a the bigger person there. Right. But when they're amongst other people, their, their peers, are men bigger and stronger than them? A lot of times they don't feel capable of having those type of conversations or being able to speak up 
or they don't feel like, you know, educational wise, like maybe he didn't go to college, maybe he didn't have his master's degree or PhD, maybe he's not an author or whatever. So he didn't feel like he could communicate as effective as somebody else could. So here's a, here's another one. And I agree. This is a very, this is a big one. And this is a, simply lying you know i think women value men who are authentic you know and it gets to the point when you start to lie you can't be assertive and say you're speaking your truth and stand on your position that they stop applying any kind of weight to anything you say and lose respect in that regard so what what yes. do you say about that lies that is now that right there it's the biggest way it's the easiest way for me to lose respect with the man and i have watched uh, men who have children lie to their baby mothers that's that's where I first start seeing the lie about it, to me. It could be something so simple, something so simple as to um, we better get little Johnny later. No, I got to do a such, 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 knowing he's not doing anything but going home and playing the game. Like, huh? Or I, I've said, like, why did you lie to her about, you know, not being able to do whatever, whatever? Oh, I have to lie to her. Can't tell her the truth. Like, wh- why can't you? Or say stuff like uh, I can't tell her that uh, I bought something. Or she can't see me with nothing new because then she's going to want me to do something more for the kid. So that is a huge thing that makes me lose respect. Because then I'm thinking to myself, if you're lying to her and those are your children who you have to care for, what you lying to me about? You know, or lying to their parents or lying to their friends. Some people just lie all the time. Like you can't get the truth out of them. <laughs> right. And um, it, it bothers me if a man say he, he on the way. Yeah, I've met those. Have you ever been? No. <laughs> what about the people who lie about, I'm outside to pick you up. They got your car and they're not outside. Like, right. I broke up with somebody over that. Don't yeah. I, I'd rather you, don't don't lie. I, I don't care if you're in East St. Louis. Let me know. Just yeah, let exactly. me know you're not outside. Yeah. No, I'm pulling yeah, up lies right now. They, they ain't even I'm pulling the up right yet. now. I'm outside. You don't see me? I must be on the back side of the building. No, you're not even <laughs> in St. Louis. What are you talking about? That's you know funny. what I'm saying? Like, don't have me looking crazy. And right. you over there on the east side. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I can't stand it. Just tell the truth. And I've even asked a guy before. So, you know, when it comes to cheating, most men are going to take that to their grave. Very few of them are going to tell you the truth. And I've asked, why wouldn't you just tell me the truth? We could have worked it out. Uh-uh. Men do not want to be, they don't want to admit. Most of them don't want to admit that they did something. And it's, cheating is not the end all to be all. You might be able to work it out. But if you lie about it, we ain't going to be able to work that out. I have certainly had to uh, admit that. Uh, and it wasn't something that I was caught with. I was actually just convicted by it. I was in a place in my life where I just, I'm like, look, I'm just going to stand in this truth. If there was any possibility we was ever going to get back together, I didn't want that mm-hmm. to be the issue. I didn't ever want that to come and rear his ugly head or anything. So I spoke it. Yeah. I spoke the truth and, uh, you know, was able to survive. Right. Have you ever been tired of lying? I always want to ask a man that. Have you ever did so much lying that you just want, you just tired of it? You're just tired of lying? No, I, I haven't. Uh, <laughs> not that I'm not tired of it. I just haven't done enough lying to get to that point. So, yeah, no. I you still got some lies to go? I still got some lies to go before I reach that, that tipping that meter. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm still good. <laughs> yeah. I always wonder, like, do you get tired of lying? Like, what? what is that? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. So, yeah, I make it a habit of just, uh, to my disadvantage sometimes, speaking the truth and saying things that yeah. I probably shouldn't say. And so now I'm just finding as I get older and wiser that I just have to have, I, I can still speak truth, but I have to say it in a different way. I have to approach it differently. Be tactful, right? Yeah, be tactful and, and, and compassionate too sometimes. Well, you know, I'm talking to women, so... You know, I got to I got to approach it different. So that's what I'm. Yeah, I've actually had somebody who I asked, why didn't you just lie to me? 
And he was like, I don't want to lie to you. And he's like, why would you say that? I said, because, man, you tell the truth and it hurts so bad. And then he's like, well, you said tell you the truth. And I'm like, so then I start saying, well, why did you even have to do it? Why did you even have to do that? So that I, if you wouldn't have did it, then I wouldn't even never have to hear the truth that was really hurt. And he's like, well, you ask. You don't ask and you don't want to know. I'm like, oh, my God, this could just go back and forth, back and forth. So let me ask you this, <laughs> this next one. I've never mm-hmm. heard this personally, but intimidation by a woman's um, success. You are a successful person. So I can ask you. I'm sure you've come across this a lot. Was a man intimidated by my success? Yeah, a man being intimidated by your success, I I can surely see that as a a reason to lose respect for that person. Well, yeah, I've had some guy, a guy who was trying to do what I did, like as far as in promotions or, you know, if he was in my same field, be intimidated because of the relationships I had with other people. And I kept saying, you know, he would say things like, why do you get all those opportunities? You know, why did they come to you? Like this, you know, things like that opposed to asking me, how did you do it? Or can you show me? He would um, question me about it and then get very upset about it and then want me to split all my, whenever I got some money, split it with him, things like that, right? And so I had to talk to him about it. Yeah, very odd and it didn't work. Yeah, when it comes, you know, I've even had him say, like when we go somewhere, let's make sure we take a picture. I need to get in the paper with you. I want to make sure I do this, you know, just all that. And I wouldn't have had a problem if I was the one saying, hey, come on, get in the picture. But when I started to realize, are you, you're not dating me. You're dating this fame that you think comes with it. Mm. You know, you're, you're not out helping me do this XYZ or network or whatever. You're just here when it's time to reap benefits. But then you're upset because you want to know why I didn't give you my contact, you know. And so I've had to really uh, assess people when I meet them and, and see what does it look like for them? You know, what do, what do they want to do? I would rather you just tell me the truth in the beginning is that this should just be a friendship where we both learn about this and that. Maybe we shouldn't date each other. So, yeah, I've definitely had that. And I've had to be single a lot because of it. That's, I think, well, you know, how people say, like, if you look at, like, Beyonce and Jay-Z or whatever, I, uh, both of them are very successful. And I'm not sure if they've ever had any of those type of issues. But it seems like in order to have a good relationship and you're trying to rise to the top of something, you're going to have to um, know what that person's intentions are. You know, if, is it the same as mine or do you have something different? Can I help you? Can we partner? Cause if not, it's not going to work mm-hmm. because I, I can't have anybody like hating on me behind my back. Right. Right. That's no way to live. No. Can't, be in a can't do that. that. Don't want to sleep with the enemy. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. And it happens. It, it definitely happens. And, like I say, go back to communication. Let's talk about it. You know, what what are your fears? What are you afraid of if I do this and that? And as well as me, I've, I've had to ask myself, like, am I afraid if he goes and does this business deal with this woman? Or am, am I going to be afraid if he travels too much? You know, can we, let's talk about it. Let's let's talk about what, what that looks like. You know, I'm glad um, you, you said these things uh, and you, you mentioned that because oftentimes men will have these conversations about women and what their intent is. And that is always money motivated or driven by success. But we don't hear t- about the other side of that, which is there are men doing the same thing. Same thing. Oh my! I mean, and they'll ask you because like I've learned, especially in the promotion business, a lot of men don't want to tell another man how to do something. But they'll tell me or they'll learn from me and they'll listen to me. Right. And so then the man I'm dating, maybe he's only around so he can get those secrets from what he thinks I've learned from somebody else. And so that's why I say you have to really, really assess and see who you're with and why they're with you. What are we doing? What's the ultimate goal? It can be lonely. Right. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So here's the here's the last one where I think women will absolutely lose respect for a man if his life evolves around her solely. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that? Because as far as I'm concerned, no woman wants to be smothered by a man and they want him to live his own life. Exactly. When you're hanging out with your so, girls, you want to hang out with your girls. I shouldn't be on the couch with y'all. Unless right, you, you shouldn't feel guilty for hanging out with your friends. I shouldn't feel mm-hmm. guilty unless it's something that you ask me to join you all occasionally. But otherwise, I shouldn't always be in the mix. So what I learned, okay, so I remember the younger version of me. I loved the guy who didn't have many friends. I was like, yes, I got yeah. all of myself. I did. I used to think that was kind of cute that he wanted to just be with me all the time. Okay. okay. <laughs> and, right. and then I realized, then I realized something's wrong. Something's wrong. <laughs> Where are his friends? He's how old? He don't have no friends. Okay. Um, what happened to them? Where are they at? Did you ever have any? You know, do you know how to make a friend? Right. Um, you have an imaginary friend. Like, who are you talking to? Right. You know what I'm saying? Go so, buy that, that Negro, uh, uh, Teddy Ruspin or something. Like, yeah, I know Somebody. what I'm you for Christmas. <laughs> Get a Paw Patrol right. dial. I don't know. But right. I, I need you to have a team or somebody that you could talk to. Because uh, I just, you know, because I, I have male friends who are like my brothers. I have a lot of brothers. And I see that they all have friends. And they've been on teams. So if you think about it, like guys who play sports, they're used to teams. Or guys who have been in organizations or leaders of something, they, they have a team. Or guys who maybe grew up, you know, there's these guys who they have friends ever since they were little kids. And that could be, that's, that's, that's good and bad. It's like, okay, y'all have been friends since y'all were like seven, but have any of you all grown up? Mm-hmm. All right, that's one. But then also you got the ones that they definitely know what a friendship looks like. So I just feel like I assess all that. Like, what are your friends? You know, what does it look like? What does it look like for you to have a friend? Do you know how to be a friend? You know, do you do you do things for your friends? Are you there for them? Are you lying to them? So I'm looking at all that type of stuff, right? And then um, if a man wants to be around me too much, I just think that I've, I've been really big about saying, hey, do you have any goals that you would like to achieve? Do you have any hobbies or anything like that? Because I definitely don't need nobody who's always with me or expects me to come right home. Like, if I get off at 3, I've got to be home at 3.15. No. I might have something else i got to do. Target. I might need to go to Walgreens. Anywhere. I don't. I just don't want anybody clocking my time, and I don't do that to anybody. I gotcha, learned. Gotcha. You know, no micromanagement over here. Let me ask you something. Because, you, mm-hmm. you know, so that was the last one. I appreciate those responses, and they definitely were some honest responses. But, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you, you seem, obviously, you know, you've been through things. And you've learned over mm-hmm. the years. So you sound very understanding and very introspective about your own flaws. And then I like the way that you can go back to the way what you experienced in your youth and understand how you engaged in those men and, and the expectations you had versus now. But one mm-hmm. of the things I was thinking about is how a couple of things, but one of them was how do you balance those ideas where you are now, that, that emotional health, without coming off condescending to the man or the person, you know, that you're dating? That's that's the first question. I want you to answer that one first, and then I go to the next one. So balancing it out, I mean, I let them know that I'm here to be a friend and a partner first. Like, that is very important. And as a friend or a partner, I have to understand that it's not all about me. So one guy told me years ago, I never met him in person. We only communicated through online. And he taught me a lot. And he said, before I met you, I had friends. And I'm going to have them if you ever leave or, God forbid, you pass away. And that was an eye-opener to me. I had totally forgot this man had some friends before me. And I had to remember that I had friends before him and that it was okay for me to have a friend. 
and it was okay for him to have a friend. So I had to stop asking about, you know, all the business of him and his friends. And I, you know, and I was glad that he didn't do that to me. So I just let people know all the time, I understand you have friends. I think it's very, I think it's wonderful and healthy that you have friends. And I'm glad that you get to do things with friends. I would just like for you to make sure that I'm a part of your friends list now and that you can, um, you know, put me in somewhere like, like a puzzle piece. Can I fit in? I don't want you to just overfriend yourself <laughs> and not have time for me. Right. So that's been hard. It's a compromise. Sometimes they have so many friends, they just forgot that you're, you're not one of their friends too. You know, I need you to, I want to, I want to be liked like you like your friends. And then, you know, be a lover too. But uh, I just think that's really important for me to, to get to know a person. And then once they get to know me and if they like me as a friend, then I know we can work it out. We can, we can make that work. Now, let me ask you, how did you, in addition to the experience, is there anything else that you did to arrive at the place that you're at now? And we both know it's, it's one thing to say it and it's another thing to do it. Do you, how did, how did you just really just started to put these into principles into practice? Do you have examples that you, you look up to uh, at this point? Mm-hmm. So I had to go to a therapist years ago. I went to my first therapist, probably like, maybe 23 years ago. Okay. And she talked to me about calming myself down. And she talked to me about, I used to really probably be very impulsive. Like I want it right now. I need it right now. So years of working on, on patients. And I, I realized I had to track back where that came from being the um, only child for a long time and then being the oldest. So it was, I was just impatient and coming from a family where we have, we have little patients. So I've been really working on patients. Patience will help you. If you can regulate yourself and calm yourself down, <clears throat> excuse me, you do better, you know, and just understanding like, what's the need? What's my need to be like, what's my need for speed? Why do, why do I have to be in a rush? What am I doing? You know, so that helped. And then also going to a life coach. Okay. And when I went to the life coach, the life coach helped me put things that I want to do in perspective. And how that really helped me is that I say to myself, I have goals. I have dreams. Like, uh, every time I'm over here trying to mess with him and see what he's doing and, and trying to figure out this and this and this, I could be working on my own stuff. Right. So I've just learned, like, work on you first. Every time I just try to, like, jump up and uh, I'm going to say this, I'm going to do that, but I have to stop. Like, okay, it's a stop sign. Stop, think, check my options and proceed. I literally see a stop sign. And I say to myself, stop. Would you want him to do that to you? Would you want him to say that to you? You know, is, is that the type of friend you want to be? You want somebody to do that? Everything, I always put it back on myself before I do it. And then if if I'm answering no, 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 then I know I don't need to do that. And if for some reason I say yes, then something might be wrong with me. <laughs> I need to go talk to somebody. Right, right. But usually I can stop myself and say, hey, you tripping. You, you don't do that. Don't do that. You know, where is that coming from? And a lot of times it'll come from a place of fear that happened before. And I have to remember that everybody's different and that he didn't do that to me. You know what I'm saying? And if right. he did, then maybe I don't need to be with him anymore because it keeps happening. But yeah, it's just it's a lot of self-discovery. Sure. And when you when you start looking into yourself, you'd be like, whoa, you know, you know, sometimes you need to be more assertive, but sometimes you need to scale back. Now, let me let me another thing I want to ask you then, just just on that same mm-hmm. vein. So you you get the help that you need. We always it's, look, you can't look at the Internet sky with the internet without there always being this battle between the same men and women seem to always be at odds over this uh and over this issue and i think we could find a lot of common ground and i always and i've talked to you before and I always trace it back to at the end of the day we all 
are broken, but we don't have to be damaged goods forever. We can come mm-hmm. out of the place that we're in if we put in the work. And I think a lot of us don't want to put in the work. And so your voice and people like you can be, you know, can be a blessing to any young woman or anybody who is suffering from the same thing. Do you promote mental health to uh, young women? And then also to the other part of that is how do you maintain the femininity, you know, the balance of being, you know, but and also being a boss? Because you are who you are. We know who you are. And so in your relationships, how do you turn that off if you go from being the boss to, okay, not necessarily, you know, uh, you know, not under him, but just being in your femininity. How do you do that? All of that has taken time (laughs) because um, I did used to view a lot of things as like, oh, you're trying to tell me what to do, you know, and it it was hard. So I've had to, I say these last five years, scale back and listen, like really just listen and, and hear what they're, you know, what they're saying, because I, I've had a guy who might not, you know, he say, I, I can't tell you nothing. I can't say anything to you because you're not going to listen. And I didn't like that. I didn't like hearing that I might not listen. So hearing that a couple of times, I said, no, let me, let me stop. I don't want to ever be a person who doesn't listen. So let me listen. I'm going to listen and then I'm going to apply it the way I know how to apply it. Not saying that listening means that you got to do everything that they've said, but it does. It, it weighs a lot <clears throat> to listen and just hear, just hear what they say and see, you know, okay, well, let me see. Let me see how I can make adjustments with that. You know, what are they saying? Is a part of that true? You know, things like that. So I've had to do more listening. I've had to speak up like, you know, being a boss sometimes, You'll say to yourself, well, I don't need it. I don't have to work this out. You know, I've had that plenty of times. I'm like, I don't need to talk to him about nothing. I don't even care. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to really be huge about what I didn't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. And then um, even recently, like a couple of weeks ago, I thought about it. I do care. I there do care. I, I right. do want somebody to rub my back and not say anything and, me- and let me know that they're there for me. I I do care that you can smile at me and make me smile back without saying a word. Right. Uh, I do care that there's something about you that when you touch my hand, it goes back to the very first day you ever touched my hand. So I, I had, you have, like you say, balancing it out. When you're a strong alpha female, you have to remember that just because you're being vulnerable does not mean you're about to be hurt. Mm-hmm. And if you care enough about the person, uh, you know, allow them the opportunity to, to possibly hurt you, but not hurt you. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I have had to put my guards down. I know I used to definitely wear like this armor because years ago I wouldn't wear the armor. Then I started wearing it. Like, uh-uh, I got the steel coat on. You can't get to me. You ain't gonna get it. Looking like a transformer. You know? Yeah, I'm walking around with a bulletproof vest on. You ain't getting to this heart. Right. <clears throat> and then um, I realized like, okay, yeah, my heart is fragile. I can, but you know what? You can break your own heart. I have broken my own heart because I didn't allow somebody in. That is the worst heartbreak is to feel like, wow, what if, you know, what if I would have did this? What if I would have said this? What if I just would have told him I missed him? You know, what if I just would have told him he looked nice today? What difference would that have made? So um, I'm getting older and I'm very much more careful with my words. And I'm I'm to the point where I'm not worried about if it looked like, Oh, she uh, she said some sweet things to me, and I sure did. Cause I'm a sweet person. I'm I'm less likely of. Oh, she mean. She raw. She rude. No, I'm not. Vulnerability yeah. and looking at Brene Brown and 
Oprah Winfrey and, you know, even Sierra, Sierra's prayer, or just seeing how uh, Sierra is with Russell Wilson. I don't know how what they do at home, but I know when I watch them, I look and say, wow, that is a loving couple. I would like to be like that. Yeah, yeah. And putting God first. You got to put God first. My church has helped me a lot with how I um, handle people in these last nine years. I've learned a lot. So, yeah, I hope that that was helpful. (laughs) Did I, is there anything else I need to answer? Absolutely. So the last thing that I would want you to kind of comment on is like, if you were talking to men, we could just be open. We having this dialogue. I'm receptive to it. Um, And I hope many men are because you can learn a lot. I learned a lot just from this conversation alone. So what would you say for a man? What would he need to do to maintain that level of respect? Because Oftentimes, I'm telling you, we get in these conversations and we think that it is solely women are solely it's money motivated. I disagree with that. I don't think it's all money motivated. I say, you know, we could lead the women that we have. We can be better partners in those situations if we level up in the regards of I always say mind, body and soul um, mm-hmm. and and how we approach it. But most importantly, if we are mentally we have the emotional intelligence that we need. We can have better loving more, you know, relationships. We don't have, we can, we can still be, we can be tough where we need to be out in the streets. And when we come home, we can be vulnerable and we can lay the armor down too with the women that we with. And we can build, mm-hmm. we can build them up, create legacies and build the inheritance for our kids, kids. But we have to be in the right space to do that. So what would right. you say to those men? I would say, Whoever you're dating, make sure you're dating a woman that you feel like you can trust her as your first line of defense. One of my like brothers, he said, he's like, my woman is my first line of defense. She has to know everything about. I can't come in here and be the super tough guy all the time without talking to her. I have to talk to her because if something were to happen and she does not know how to prepare for it because I didn't talk to her, that's going to be a problem. And he's, and, you know, he's like, build some trust with your woman, opposed to feeling like a lot of men, unfortunately, they feel like I'm the head of the household and I ain't got to tell her nothing because of fear of weakness and vulnerability. But I think men, it's okay to be vulnerable. Men cry too. Your children, your woman, everybody needs to see that you can cry and that you're not made of steel because when they start feeling like you don't cry and that you're made of steel, then they're going to treat you like that. They're not going to treat you like you're human and the way you want to be treated. So when you want to be nurtured, you want to be loved, and you want somebody to understand that you're going through something, if you treat them like you're a real person, they can they can then reciprocate that and say, he's real. He bleeds. He cries. He, you know, he thinks. He, he does all this. He processes. And I just feel like a lot of men have thought that that was a sign of weakness. And it's really a sign of strength to show somebody that I am human and I am real and that I hurt and that today when I came home, I'm not feeling my best self. So let me go ahead and be in this room instead of going off, cussing, drinking, and clowning with us. Go ahead and just let us know that you are not your best self and we just need to leave you alone. Or come home and be loving and hug everybody. Tell everybody you love them. If you're not good with it verbally, write it down. You know, sh- show it in some type of love language. I just think that um, we all just need to give each other some grace. We have been through a lot post-traumatic stress in these last couple of years, whether we want to believe it or not, we are going through something. And, but we have to be there for each other. You know, we got to be able to just rub each other's back sometimes. Like that huge little sentiment is really taking me a, a long way. You know, it's helping me when people just come to me sometimes to hug me and might like, rub my back. And I'm like, wow, I feel like you got my back. Mm-hmm. So I would just tell men that uh, it's okay. It is okay. Like, <laughs> Uh, we still love you and we still know you're strong if you just show us 
that you're human. All right. Well, you heard it. You heard it. No, I appreciate that. <laughs> no, I appreciate your time and your wisdom. And uh, it's been truly, uh, truly a blessing and an honor to have you on and share this with you, this conversation. So I learned a lot thank from you. it. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping people will heave those words. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you for uh, even calling me and, and asking me to be a part of it. Because, like I say, years ago, I might have been considered an angry black woman. I had been through so much and my poems were like real hardcore and I had to realize that that wasn't whatever happened to me was not all of me. It was just a part of me, you know, and that I could rewrite my story and that I could soften up and I didn't have to just like hold all this in. It's okay. It's okay to be vulnerable. And so I feel like a better person. I feel like I've taken some capes off. I definitely used to wear a lot of capes. I thought I was superwoman. Right. Had to take some capes off and uh, right, fly a little right. higher. You can right. fly high when you don't have all them capes on. There you go. <laughs> weighing you down. It's sure weigh you yeah, down. Weighing I love you that. down. I love that. They do. Got to take your cape off. Yes. Shout out to my friend uh, Aubrey. Um, I mean Avery. I'm sorry, Avery. She came up with this cape off thing. Her and it was a group of women we went to, and I just think men need to learn how to take their capes off too. Yeah. You know what I think overall it's a it's a again that emotional intelligence it takes uh it's a process and uh and for a lot of men who I've talked to it's difficult for them to take it off because they don't want to feel vulnerable you know because it's a trust issue it's a trust cuz mm-hmm. how many times do you you might have heard it or seen it you know may be in a relationship and they uh express themselves to the woman that they're with and they use it against them now it happens exactly. both it happens both yeah. ways, and so that's why I say mm-hmm. we can go back and forth. But the truth of the matter is, we all need to fix ourselves. Yeah, you're so right. You can't throw stuff up in their face, bring up things that they've told you when they were being vulnerable. Yes, absolutely. Growth through growth, we, we will get there. I believe. I believe we can. I still have hope in that. I really do. Mm-hmm. I we got to stop trying to hurt each other and just start trying to love each other more. Yeah, there you go. Now, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Have a great evening. Right. I look forward to talking to you again. All right. Sounds okay. good. Okay. I want to send a huge shout out and thank you to my friend Queen Mocha Latte for joining me on this episode. This is why she doesn't respect you. Hey, I understand all too well the complexity of the issues we face in relationships. So this topic doesn't and could not address the plethora of issues as broadly or in depth as we could have made it, though. I simply wanted to just help move the conversation forward. Let's talk about it. Although this conversation wasn't a heated one, mainly because I have had this conversation centered around why my own spouse had lost respect for me. And that is a very difficult position to be in. But it was also humbling and informative to sit in that moment and deal with the reality of why she didn't see me the same. I take full responsibility for my own controlling nature, abusive language, and those insecurities that had me looking through her phone. Let's not do that. Don't get me wrong. There are levels to this madness. And although I might not have been at the highest level or met all the items on the list, I need to change. I need it to change. Men must reflect on why their women are losing respect for them. We have to be introspective enough to challenge our own behaviors and ideas about what it means to be a man. Stop letting women tell you what it means to be a man or a real man wouldn't or would do. Oftentimes, we are hesitant to make the first move toward rebuilding ourselves because the last thing we want to do is only clean up our side of the street. We want them to clean too, especially when we know their space is full of junk. But that is the trap. That is the barrier that keeps you right where you are. Although at the foundation of all our relationships, there should be respect. And no one should be disrespecting the other just because they're angry or because they see you different. Healthy people 
who can't move forward with that person must be mature enough to verbalize where they are and if they have to leave or seek the therapy that is required to process those emotions in a productive way. But understand, having the courage to listen to your partner express their anger and frustration towards you is difficult, but necessary. Frankly, it's outright painful and embarrassing having to sit in your own mess, free of excuses, judgment, ignoring our overwhelming, those basic human needs to defend ourselves. But pride and ego is the crux of all our problems, both men and women. The truth of the matter is, many men have failed. Yeah, I said it. We have adopted this new world perspective on what it is to be a man, how we're supposed to treat women. We are behaving no different than they are when we should be taking the lead in certain areas. This 50-50 sort of mentality, but demanding to be treated as a king. I constantly blaming women for not cooperating instead of just doing the right thing regardless of their cooperation. And sometimes that means if they're not cooperating, we just have to walk away. If they refuse to read from the same script, but you have to be emotionally healthy enough to understand your own back and be willing to walk away if the communication breaks down. When oftentimes they're just as much complicit in ruining their own relationships. But the buck stops here for me. Men must commit to three very important concepts. First, we must address the trauma that we have been faced with in our youth. Mental health and emotional stability is paramount to establishing any productive relationship. Second, we must establish and maintain a spiritual relationship with the Most High God. Understanding where you come from will ultimately determine what you believe and how you treat others. Last ridding ourselves of the financial illiteracy that is ruining any chance for building an inheritance for our families and eliminating the minor financial burdens that cause conflict in our relationship. Stop buying Jordans and jewelry and purchase land and precious metals. Stop splurging on Gucci and Louis Vuitton and invest in commercial real estate and stocks in those same companies. Once we understand that we are the rock and mortar mix that holds our families secure and intact, we can truly rebuild and build a new legacy for our kids' kids. Let's stop pointing the finger. We have all acknowledged their problems. Okay, it's on the table. So let's fix our own issues because we cannot control them. Let's remove those issues from the discussion table and present a rebuilt version of us. We all can do better. I appreciate you listening. And as always, God bless you and stay motivated.